The reason you survived is because you're a very uncommon girl. You're not alone. Not anymore. Do you know what mutants are? Hey everybody, how you doing? Uh, welcome to Black and White Reviews. My name is Will. And I am Lee. And we are going to be deviating from the norm a little bit and talking about a movie this time around. Um, if you're familiar to the podcast, you would know that we're discussing the current season of The Mandalorian. If you're new to the podcast, please go and check those out. It would be a great help. Um, <clears throat> so today we are going to be discussing The New Mutants from 2020 this year, uh, directed by J- Josh Boone, <laughs> directed by Josh Boone, starring Anna Taylor-Joy. <laughs> Uh, Charlie Heaton, Maisie An- Williams, Anya. Yep. Anya, no, Anna, Anya, Anya, An- Anya, 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 Anna, Anna, <laughs> Anna, Anya, whatever, Anya Taylor Joy, <laughs> Char- <laughs> Charlie Heaton, <laughs> Alison Braga, Blue Hunt, uh, Henry Zaga, and Maisie Williams. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get started, I thought it would be great if you and I would talk a little bit about the X Men universe the x-men saga how we each feel about it yeah. uh this is the first time we've mm. discussed anything even even in our back catalog which there is a ton that isn't out yet and there are reasons why and they they'll be available soon i hope um but this yeah. is the first time that either one of us has discussed anything x-men yeah from the beginning i mean 20 years of x-men actually is it more than 20 years or is it 20 years it's it's more than 20 at this point i mean actually X-Men was came out 2000? in 99 or 2000. Yeah, yes. I always thought that X-Men came out in 2000. Um, I don't recall X-Men. Let's see, 2000. Yeah, so it's been 20 years. 20 years. Okay, so mm-hmm. 20 years in the making and we're getting a New Mutants movie. I don't know how to feel about this up front. I don't know if I should just say that this is part of the current saga or if this is a soft reboot of what the franchise is going to be in the future. Given the mm. events of Logan, I'm even more torn because the way that that movie ended was setting up something similar to this, but I don't think this is what was intended. Um, no. So, X-Men 1 and 2, f- phenomenal movies. I know the third one, Last Stand, there's a divide there. I didn't hate it yeah. as much as a lot of other people did. I I understand the reasons why. Um, and then, <laughs> you got... Origins Wolverine and the Wolverine, and that's really the beginning of a lot of continuity <laughs> problems that are going on in this franchise. Yes. And then Brian Singer, <laughs> Brian Singer, who directed the first two, makes his return with, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the, 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 the name of the movie. First Days Class. Days of Future Past? No, oh, he, he, he came right. back with First Class. Um, mm-hmm. I love all of the X-Men movies with the exception of those two Wolverine movies. I think those are they're not up to par with the rest of what the franchise is for a lot yeah. of different reasons. The The Wolverine, the Origins Wolverine movie, that could be just me having seen what leaked. If you remember a rough cut of oh, that yeah. movie leaked out onto the internet mm-hmm. and it was not done, like yeah. the CG was all over the place, it was, it was an unfinished oh, it was product. Garbage. It's not mm-hmm. fair to compare that, but because I saw that first, I can't help. I still have that ingrained in my mind. Like how bad Deadpool <laughs> was in that movie, it was laughable. Um, and well, th- again, that made the fu- that made the <laughs> that made the final cut though. <laughs> is how bad Deadpool was. It was worse in in the um, 
It was a oh, lot worse. Of course, worse. it was worse. It was a lot worse. But it worse. was still bad. Like, it was still horrible. They, they, took, they cooked the character Deadpool and made it completely just, it was a big slap in the face to the fans. Yeah. That's what it was. I mean, if you know what Deadpool is, it's not that at all. I'm not even so much You know, talking. it was great when, 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 they, when they first introduced Wade Wilson in that film, it was like, oh, this is going to be Deadpool? That's awesome. I'm like, because like, who else would you pick besides Ryan Reynolds? You know, he's out exactly. there slicing and dicing when he still had a mouth. And then you see them like sew his mouth shut and turn him into something totally different than what Deadpool ever was. Yeah. Where he had like Cyclops powers and this and that. And it was like, wait, wait, no, what? What are you it doing? It was pretty bad. It was, it was pretty bad. Yeah. So anyways, and then the series, the series really makes a return with First Class and Days of Future Past. And I'm going to say this now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very upfront about this. I will take Days of Future Past and Logan above anything, any kind of superhero movie that's ever been. Ooh, oh, for, for, okay. for me, those two movies are at the top of the list. They trump anything that M- the MCU has done, in my opinion. This is not the MCU. I know it's not the MCU, but it's close enough to the MCU. No, this is this is with the recent with the recent Mar- acquisition. This is Marvel owned by Fox. That's like the recent, if the Beatles were produced by Nickelback. <laughs> I understand with the recent acquisition of Fox by Disney and how they're integrating X Men into the MCU. It's going to happen. I feel confident in saying that. Yeah, I I, I can't. That's. Um... There's a lot of movies where the franchise eventually gets taken over by somebody else. I think uh, you can look at the um, the Child's Play movies. You know, there was a whole new production company that took over after the first one. So when you could find box sets, it was missing the first movie. You're like, well, why would I buy a box set if it's missing that? Um, for example, like tons of other movies like that, it, it felt kind of weird and different. The first movie was one thing, and then it just got kind of strange. But, I mean, we can look at a whole different thing. I look at the movie um, you, you, Desperado. You do realize... Everybody, you do re- you do realize that Black Widow was a character in Avengers, right? Uh-huh. And? Just, she is an X-Men. Uh-huh. Well, there's more here that I'm talking about. But yeah, she's an X-Men, <laughs> but she wasn't, she wasn't from 20th Century Fox, who had the rights for X-Men in that sense. So they, they moved it over somewhere. I don't know how they did that. Then there's that whole war between Sony and Marvel with Spider-Man. I don't know. I don't I don't get into the politics of it. But my point is... If you um you, you look at different movies when they get taken over by different companies, so the movie Desperado, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, those those are the sequel and the the threequel, you know, the trilogy. It was a trilogy altogether. The first one was El Mariachi, but nobody knows El Mariachi because it wasn't like it wasn't that production value. That was the initial movie, and then Desperado was the second one. But nobody knows that because mm-hmm. it was a whole new production company, a whole different thing, and nobody really puts them together. So they just kind of forget about it. Um, and also, you know, no Antonio Banderas, but whatever, it's what it is. Um, but yeah, I I can't ever say that X-Men were part of the MCU just because they eventually acquired the rights to it. I don't agree with that statement. I I can't, you know, the way that they're doing it. They they already like, they already casted like Quicksilver as two different people in two different universes. And they, and they basically put it out there as these are two different universes. We're probably not going to see... 
you know, I, I would doubt we're going to see much of um, Hugh Jackman popping in there as Wolverine in the MCU anytime. Looks oh, like absolutely they were, not. Really no, focus I on don't, getting I'm a not... replacement for him. So it's going to be, I think they're going to use this as alternate universes like they've been doing already, you know, as we're seeing with uh, the Multiverse of Madness that's going to be coming and then the new Spider-Man. Um, you know, all of these are going to have like other universes that are bringing in different characters. So if they're going to, you know, jump into kind of what DC's been doing with their their t- their movie slash TV show crossover, you know, just that whole Ezra Miller thing showing up in, in the Grant Gustin flash, you know, if they start doing that, it's going to be very much, uh, hey, this is a different universe. It's not the same place. Because these movies, like none of the X-Men movies feel anything like the rest of the MCU, and I can't really lump them in together. You know, we'll no, see no, what no, comes no, out no. of it, no, but no, I can't no. even... Even if they You're acquire mis- the rights, it's not going to change it for me. Y- you you may have misunderstood. I'm not saying that they're part of the same universe at all. I was just stating my opinion that that I enjoyed, and 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 in a lot of ways, I do. I love yeah. what Days of Future Past and Logan did for superhero movies in general. Meh. That's what I. Say. I like what I, Iron I, Man I, did. <laughs> of course you do. Of course. Well, yeah. okay. If you really want to talk about that, Hugh Jackman was playing Wolverine long before Robert Downey Jr. was even a thought. Right. Just saying. So there was plenty of time to perfect it. I'm just did. saying. I'm just saying. A lot of people want to pay. Saying. A lot of people want to <laughs> give Robert Downey Jr. all this credit with with what he did for superhero franchise movies. I think uh-huh. it's misplaced. I think it belongs to Hugh Jackman. Again, that's just me. That's just my okay. opinion, and my opinion doesn't mean anything, so don't take it that way. Um, yeah. So I talked about my experience with the X-Men movies. I love them. I've loved them since the beginning. What are yours? We've talked about this in private a couple of times, and I know you have grievances probably in the same places that yeah. I do, but where do you land on the franchise in general? On the franchise of, of X-Men in general, I feel like, you know, they, to me, they still felt like um, superhero movies, you know? I mean, when X-Men first came out back in 2000, it was like, you watch it and you weren't surprised by it. It just like, yeah, this is a, a movie about X-Men. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was very, like, comic book goofy. Here's the classic villain who's flying around with a cape and a helmet. Like, it was, it was very much on the nose. This is an X-Men movie. You know, and and that's kind of what it was. I, I enjoyed that. Um, and, and I'm trying to say this without comparing it to MCU and how that started. You know, it's it's hard for me to do that because it just when when Iron Man came out, it just really blew all the other superhero movies out of the water for me. Um, but then again, I thought Spider-Man 2 or in the Sam Raimi version of Spider-Man uh, was was awesome. I think it was one of the better ones that came out at that time. One of the best one of the best superhero movies that came out in, in its time. But you know, we've seen this this new advancement and then what MCU's done with these 23 movies that are all in the same exact universe. They're all connected one way or another. I thought that was great. But X-Men, they they did the classic, like, we're going to make a bunch of movies that are about these superheroes. And you just know it's a superhero movie. There's, there's no... Maybe it's... Maybe for me, it's just... It's all about powers. It's all about telekinetics and this and that. And it was it was just really, really, really fantasy like way fan- more fantasy than story, way more fantasy than technology. Um, I enjoy things with, with a good level of technology. That's so why I like the Terminator movies. You know, They're not about fantasy as much as they're more about technology advancing into something that could eventually become like a real thing. I'm not saying that the, the Terminators are going to come back and take over the Earth right now, but 
you know, it's possible for a machine to get to a point, especially with the AI and stuff we have nowadays. So mm. X-Men to me was very much just an out there fantasy. You know, okay. everything about it was an out there fantasy. It had its corniness, its goofiness, especially in the first movie. Um, not saying I don't like it. I enjoy it for what it is. But it's hard for me to compare it to superhero films when there have been so many new types of superhero films that have come out that have that have redefined the genre. And for me, X-Men didn't redefine the genre when it came out. Not, none of it really did. Days of Future Past mixed time travel into it first, which I think is great. They did that before um, the MCU did, um, which you know, we know they eventually did when they, um, when they did uh, End- Endgame. Again, just to remind people, don't listen to us if you haven't watched these movies. If you hear us saying something, we're talking about a movie you haven't seen, just skip forward like 30 seconds. But, um, yeah, Days of Future Past, great movie, great concept. I love the way they did it, but it still had that that fantasy sci-fi like way, way out there for me. Um, enjoyable, but I'm biased because of my, my lean towards what the MCU has done. That's my mm. overall feel. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can ask me about DC, too, and say, oh, man, DC dropped the ball. I mean, the Nolanverse for Batman, you know, the whole Dark Knight trilogy was great. You know, again, because they made it more realistic than all the other ones were, you know, I I don't know. It it was more like they were using tactical military stuff. Like, the equipment was, okay, this is all stuff that was from an R&D department that got shut down. Okay, I can buy that a little bit more. Like, these aren't just some things that some old man... You know, his butler created for him, you know, because he was rich. Like, there was more of a backing behind it, and it, it gave it more of a realistic, gritty feel, you know? I th- but I think my, th- then, I think you know, my you go love, off on the Zack Snyder train. <laughs> I think my love for the original X-Men in 2000 stems from a place of how... <clears throat> There's no kind way for me to say this. My disdain for the Joel Schumacher films from the uh, the, the <laughs> mid-90s, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, and th- that's the closest right. thing we have, time timeline-wise, and there really wasn't, for a good five years there, there really wasn't a, you know, big-budget, big-time superhero movie that came out, and then X-Men came out, and it was like right. a breath of fresh air to me. Right, yeah, it was, so- it was something different, something new. It wasn't like that old Fantastic Four movie or the Doctor Strange one or the, the Punisher made-for-TV thing that uh, What's-His-Face there did, Hasselhoff. Yeah. Um, I, I watched a little bit of that, and but I, when I say watched a little bit, I turned it on, I skipped 30 minutes, I skipped another 30 minutes, and then I saw the end. I'm like, okay, not interested. Um, whatever. That's that's what I do with something I want I want to laugh at. I did the same thing to Supergirl, the movie. But... Um, yeah, what it really comes down to for me is I think there's so many different areas of, of superhero film, and each has its own great, you know? So for me, in this type of superhero film, Days of Future Past wins it for me. Just great concept. Anything with time travel where you can see how things can affect other things, and you're seeing an array of characters, how they're handling at different stages of their life, that's really, really cool to see. I love that. Um, Logan definitely like stuck out because of its, its grittiness. It's, well, it's rated R. So we're getting a lot more of just like, Hey, this is, this is Logan when he's a grumpy old man. Okay. I'll take that. Um, it was more, it was more like what I would watch for a superhero movie than the rest of the X-Men because it was more realistic. It had Mm -hmm. more realism to it in a sense, but it still had that. It's just that telekinesis and all that stuff that happens when, you know, um, Patrick Stewart's getting migraines and killing everybody. Like, okay, well, <laughs> here we go again. Um, 
just getting very X-Men-y. I don't know. I, I like the X-Men cartoon. I watched it. I enjoyed it at the time. Um, Wolverine is awesome. Um, and, you know, some of the other characters that are that are in it. But um, just, I don't know. Spider-Man's always been my thing. Batman's always been my thing. And then, you know, since, since Iron Man came out uh, back in 08, it just... That's kind of the direction I go. Um, you can talk about the Schumacher films from Batman. I know we're going all over the all over the place before we even talk about this movie that just came out this year, New Mutants. Which is, you know, but, you know um, what? It's 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 fine. Let's get let's get this out of the way first because there is quite. We've a needed bit. to have this conversation for a long time. There's quite a bit. There, yeah, there, but there's quite a bit to say about this movie, and from my perspective, it's not all good. So let's let's right. get this out of the way right. in the beginning. And even when we do start talking about the movie. I don't I don't want to go linearly. I just kind of want to hit, you know, major plot yeah. points and, and and go off into whatever conversation we have from there because this Of course. Let's start. This is your typical teenage drama. Well, hold hold on, hold on. I just want to talk I just want to touch on the Schumacher for a second here before we get okay. too far into the new mutants. So Schumacher, um basically that that whole project there was a lot of pushback in the beginning. I mean, obviously, um, Tim Burton was off the project. They were going to call it Batman Continues, believe it or not, was going to be the third one. There's actually there's a whole bunch of um, things you can read about that that explain a lot more about the the background of the movie that never got made. And they were talking about actually having Billy D in there as Two-Face because he was introduced as Harvey Dent. And it would have been very, very different, especially if Tim Burton did it. But I guess the whole thing is, you know, toy companies want to make better toys and they want to make it a little bit lighter but to they me, it's to like the toys, Schumacher yeah. was just, they wanted to sell toys. They wanted to market it so so kids could watch it. But I didn't think they did that with the Schumacher ones. I mean, adding nipples, did, did the kids need nipples? I don't um, understand. I maybe guess. <laughs> maybe it was the they were trying to like, I don't know, it sounds very re- Freudian you to have me. Have to, but. Well, you have to remember that, that it was the 90s and toys were a completely different thing back then. And it, oh, yeah. wasn't, un- it wasn't uncommon for a lot of toys around that time to be different than they are even today. I mean, you can go back, you can go back, you can go back and you can pick up a toy from the nineties and it's going to last forever. And it can almost be a weapon. You know, I wish I still had some of my toys from back then. <laughs> I had a Megazoid back in the nineties, you know, and it was one of the ones that what? came apart and they were the individual pieces from, from power Rangers. And it had this oh, massive the Megazord, right, right. Megazord, Megazoid, whatever. And it had come this on, you massive, were the evil Green Ranger. How do you not remember this? And it had this massive sword that, oh yeah, looked and felt so real. It could it could yeah. look legit if you wanted to. You could poke somebody's eye out with it. It was ridiculous. So poke yeah, somebody's toys, eye out with a stick. <laughs> toys yeah, were a okay. completely different thing point. back then. I get it. I I get the nipples. Yeah. I yeah. You get it, the it nipples. Make, so I'm glad you get the nipples. I get the nipples. <laughs> You know, it was a gro- it was it was it was it was it was a combination of a whole bunch of different things back in the nineties. It was the gross out era where you had yeah, you know, I think- Beavis and Butthead and Ren and Stimpy and Marilyn Manson, so of course Batman is gonna have nipples. That just you know, come okay. on. I think you need to have a business card that says William Jessamy, I get the nipples. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, I, the nipple thing, whatever. Aside from that, Schumacher, uh, the first one, the first one that he did, Batman Forever, was odd. And then Batman and Robin, that's the one where it says like, okay, like you really went too far here, you know, with with its like the toys. You know, it was Which all about one? toys. 
Which one of those movies is the one where the Batmobile has neon lights on the undercarriage? I think they it it they, they all both? Kind, they both kind of did, <laughs> but but the but the third one they had like special Batmobile you know bat vehicles that all were like able to ride on the ice and they had lights flashing here there and everywhere like they made it really 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 geared towards toys like even more than than Batman Forever like they just pushed and it, I mean it just like the corniness of it. Um, George Clooney, who was basically the same as Bruce Wayne as he was when he was Batman. I'm like, I didn't like that. There was no difference between the two. I mean, we can Val Kilmer movies, was no but better. He was no better, but but he but at least he 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 tried. You to, can't to, even. To you're you're struggling right now to even justify this. I, Val I know, Kilmer was absolutely no better. They but were both horrible reason, Batmans. Reason why I'm justifying it is because I'm looking at the whole thing and. Recently, I know we discussed this before. Is I f- I saw deleted scenes from Batman Forever that explained why the movie was called Batman Forever. <laughs> the original intro was actually like was actually really cool, and I would have appreciated that as opposed to the way they started it. Um, it was basically like Harvey escaping Arkham, and it was really really put like well put together and would have fit very well. Why they cut it out, I have no idea. Well, no, it it was too dark, I guess, because there was a guard hanging from a fa- a ceiling fan, and you know, okay, that's a little too much. But I mean, so so is uh, Danny DeVito there biting a the guy's nose and blood squirting out of the plate? You know, like okay, but again, they were trying to gear it more towards kids. Okay, got it, but. They also had this one scene that we all kind of knew um, was somewhere in there where he kept on having these flashbacks of him down in the cave seeing a bat. But there's one where he actually comes face to face with the bat. And the question here, again, it brings me back to what I loved about um, Spider-Man 2 is one of the best superhero stories is when they struggle um, with their identity. They struggle with who they really are. Am I this hero that's, that's you know, has this responsibility to help people or am I, you know, am I destined to just be me and live a normal life? You mm-hmm. know, why am I here? What is the point? And I think that's what was going to happen if they kept this one deleted scene in, in Batman Forever. They would have had this conflict that would have been explained a lot more where he finally comes back out of the cave and says, I know who I am. I'm Batman, you know. And if they kept that that story arc in there, it would have made sense that the title was Batman Forever. It would have made sense that everything else was like goofiness and whatnot. But I just think it could have been redeemed if they kept some of that stuff in there. It would have made the movie had a lot more depth or, you know, it would have had a lot more depth. So that's all I can say about the Schumacher things. And then since they made it, you know, the way they made it, that's when Batman Forever or Batman and Robin came out afterwards. And it was just so much worse. You know, they just kept on going down. I'm like, oh, man. So I I wonder what was cut out of all of those scripts and all of those movies, because I don't think people go and say, hey, let me make a movie that's really bad on purpose. You know, there is the the studio that has the final word, like we're going to cut this this stuff out where we want you to add this in there, you know, and and sometimes it's like, well, this is what we got to do. We got to work with what we've got. And I think it's not always what the like, that's why they have director's cuts. of I don't. You know? I don't think they went into this with the intention of making a bad movie. I think they went into it with the intention of selling toys. This is yeah. the, 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 These two movies came out during the height of Nickelodeon, and I can't tell you how many times I hmm. saw those toys advertised, you know, when I'm watching cartoons on an afternoon. 
it was almost oh, a constant, like clockwork. Every 10, 15 minutes, there would be at least two commercials that would advertise a toy from mm-hmm. something Batman. It was it, that's oh, cool. what they of wanted course. to do, and it worked. You know, all you know what's really them, funny. It worked, and they probably made billions alone. Do you know what's really those two movies and really toy funny. sales? What I've noticed recently, it was a couple of years ago, it just it just kind of hit me. And I said, you know what? Um, I forgot who I was talking to. I'm just like, you know what's really strange? We don't we don't see like commercials anymore for like toys and games and stuff like that. Is it has it all just moved on to video games? Then I realized I'm like, oh, well, the reason we don't see that is because we don't watch kids' channels. You know, obviously when they have commercials on, they're marketing towards the people who are most likely watching it at that point. It's the target audience. So mm-hmm. since we're not the target audience that sees the toys, you know, we have this this like naive mindset thinking, oh, that's just things are changed and they don't have the toys like we used to. They probably do. We just don't know about it because we're not watching those channels anymore. I mean, we could we could sit here and think about some of our favorite toy commercials we saw. Remember Crossfire? You get caught up in the crossfire, crossfire. Like everybody remembers that. You know, and it was like, oh, that game looks so great. All it was was basically a glorified pinball machine where you're you're smacking a ball around with somebody with these little paddles uh, back and forth. Pretty much. But but the commercial made it look awesome. It made it it look great. Did you actually have that toy? We don't see that anymore. My cousins did. My cousins had all the toys you saw on TV. I had had like the knockoffs. I had a Crossfire game. And when I tell you mm. that toys were different back then, this is a prime example. Those were like actual, like heavy aluminum balls that you could throw oh, yeah. at somebody and it's going to hurt. There's no chance mm. that a toy like that gets made today. Yeah. There's well, zero actually, we chance have, a we toy just got like a new, that gets made today. My daughter just got mouse mouse trap, and there's a legit heavy ball in there. I mean, you're not slapping the ball back and forth, but they're still making things. We just don't look at it much. I, I so my my daughter's just got a light bright as well. Do you remember light bright okay. when we were kids? Yeah, I remember light bright. I had a light it, bright. It when was, I was basically a kid. it was big. Ba- yeah, it was basically a small television, big gigantic thing. You turn on this big lamp, and then you put yeah. your little pegs in there, and, and and you know it would shine through, and you can use you can make a clown face, you could make a horsey, you know, all these different things you could do with it. Following another this little, example, another example. Yeah. I bet you that the light in there is an LED. We had yes, that's the my big point. bulbs that would burn you. <laughs> exactly. So I'm looking at what they have now. Dude, this this light bright now, it's the size of a book. It's the size of a, of a decent-sized book. It's not this big, gigantic thing that you plug in. It's like, don't touch that, kids. You could burn yourself or drop it on your toe. Now that you pick this thing up, and it's it's lighter than – it's light, it's smaller than my laptop. Yeah. You know, and I, got, I got a small, you know, laptop. Yeah. But, it, but it's good because now the kids can bring it around. They can do stuff with it. They're there. And I, so when I first saw it, I said, that's lame. My wife's like, what do you mean that's lame? I'm just like ours was big. And she goes, yeah. And super dangerous. I'm like, yeah, valid point. <laughs> yeah. Very valid point. Very anyway, dangerous. I, di- I digress thing, on us. One more, <laughs> one more thing. One, toys. one more thing. And then we're going to get into the movie about commercials. Another reason why you're saying that about commercials is probably because we are in the streaming era. And a lot of people mm. have paid subscription where they're paying not to see commercials anymore. Right. Right. I, I mean, I pay for YouTube premium. I pay for Netflix. I haven't mm-hmm. seen a commercial probably in about three or four years. Right. So there, there is yeah, that, that you have to consider as well. 
True. We've we've got Hulu that just came with our cell phone service, so I've been able to watch some stuff on Hulu. And what they do is they give you like eighty to ninety seconds of commercials every fifteen or you know, or every ten minutes or so. Maybe the last it's like eight minutes. They'll do that. And I'm like, oh wow, I thought I got out of the commercial age. So for me, I'm kinda like, I have to sit here for eighty eight seconds for these commercials. That's so lame. Because I'm just not used to it anymore. Because like you said, Netflix and this and that and whatever. But hey, whatever. I mean, I'm not paying for it. So it's nice that, you know, Verizon was nice enough to give me that. But, you know, even on YouTube now, you can't watch anything on YouTube without seeing like an ad. And if it's a long video, you see an ad every 10 minutes. It's like, oh, oh man. Well, that's that's news. It's Yeah, that's what, it's, that's what we're getting down to. But anyway. Yeah, it's we're definitely at a different age than we were back then, and not just our actual age, but we as people living in America, um, things are things are different. But aside from Schumacher and X Men and all that stuff, we've got this new, uh, dare I say, movie, <laughs> <laughs> New Mutants, <laughs> that has come out. I'm glad. And I'm so glad. I, I, uh, I'm so glad that you put a pause in between new movie because, and we're gonna get to it later. But like I said, we're gonna jump around a lot. This feels unfinished. Oh yeah, it does not feel yeah. like it was completed. Like, I'm. Let me jump ahead. This feels like the second mm. act was cut from it, and they just jumped straight to the ending. Yeah, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Because in mm-hmm. during the beginning of this movie, there is, and we'll get into it, but there is conflict between two characters. Just an example, conflict between two characters that is never resolved. Right. It is dropped nope, completely, and then they are just yep. friends, and we're going to fight together, and it's the weirdest thing in the world. I don't understand. No, no it's happened this is once a massive, before. This is a massive undersight. <laughs> it's happened before. Another superhero movie. Who's Martha? His mother's name is Martha. Did we just become best friends? Yep. <laughs> I give I, that. This is worse. This is worse. I, yeah. This I, I is guess so, so much worse. I guess so. This is so. This is so much worse. So, anyways, let's just get into it. The movie starts off, yeah. and we're on. We're on a Native American. You know. I want to say compound, but it's not a compound. I'm I'm not thinking of the correct yeah, word. You don't for really it. know too much of where they are. It's just like you get really out of the don't. House, you just like a know tornado or something. You just know that they 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 are Native Americans and they are living on this plot of land. And there is a tornado. The version mm. that I watched of this, maybe it was the screen I was on. It was very dark. If there was a tornado, oh, yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, no, there, it was just a bunch of wind and snow, so we didn't really we didn't really know what it was, and that, and that was the and point. You there know, are really there are burning cars falling out of the sky. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that that that's that 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 that's fine. And it's hard for me to start talking about this without getting into spoiler territory, so I'm going to do it anyway. The spoiler main character. I mean, we're spoiler. But this is spoiler. Fine. <laughs> this fine. Is, what gonna... we do is we spoil everything. Okay, fine. It's hard for me to start talking about this without jumping ahead a little bit. I don't want to, you know. Well, that's why we're not going over... linear. I, I don't want to skip over something. So Blue Hunt, Danielle Moonstar, her power mm-hmm. is to invoke your fear, I guess. It, it, she's going to bring yeah. your worst fears out of you. And mm-hmm. it's implied in this movie that she is the cause for this tornado. Right? Well, I mean, she was it saying is heavily it's, it's not a tornado. Implied in this, it's heavily implied in this movie that whatever destruction is going on in this town, mm-hmm. she is the cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her father doesn't know this. 
I, I don't know. Like he gives her the bear, <laughs> like he gives her this little bear statue, and there's this intimate moment between the two of them where they both realize kind of what's going on, but he runs back out into darkness to help the rest of the community, and it's just another oversight of the film, or was that intended? Oh, I don't, <laughs> should, so should, what I, here's what I'm what I'm wondering is how much did he really know about what was going on with her? Maybe she kept it hidden. I mean, the whole thing is like she's just getting her powers, so. They and that was the conver- whole point. Is like everything's dormant. They have, they have a conversation con- about a bear. Yeah, they have this conversation about a bear that's within them, and you have to keep it fed. Mm-hmm. And they go through this whole detail. So I'm under the I'm under the impression that he knows quite a bit about what's going on. I I'm under the impression he knows quite a bit about this lore that he shared with her. But I don't. I, I'm not thinking he understands that she had powers. So this is just like a folk tale that him that he and his people knows and she's actually yes. like what the manifestation of it exactly she's that manifesting way it too, because that is that, what she holds on to that seems way too deep for this movie <laughs> but i think that was it's the only part of this movie that's deep <laughs> so <laughs> hey <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's, okay. no, that's exactly what i thought it was the bear was that and because it was her fear she brought it to life you know that was the whole thing about the bear that's Why that's what I got out of the whole because that's what her dad told her. Her dad told her about this bear thing, so her mind, you know, caused it to to come to existence. That's See, the I whole point. The is he was talking about if you're if you're if you're afraid of something, it's just a bear. You know, if you okay. look and you realize you're bigger than the bear, okay, you're bigger than the bear. See, because I got to the end of this movie and I was convinced that the bear is what was causing destruction in this little town. Well, not really. I mean, the bear was causing destruction, but it was her bear that she created with her new powers that she didn't realize she was creating. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, moving. there has to be some point of this movie, and that's the big point of this movie, is that she didn't realize what she was doing. That was the whole point of everything else. Again, spoilers, we're killing everything here. That's why they That's wanted fine. to terminate her. They realized how how powerful she was and how dangerous she was because she she was so powerful, kind of like we can go back to Phoenix, you know, so powerful that if she didn't know how to control her powers, could kill a lot of people. You know, hmm. and that's why you can kind of see what's going on here. It's like her job is to terminate. So is is the doctor really a, a bad person? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much you about can, her background, you can, you can, but it was like you can have that argument. You can have that argument that she was probably doing what was best by putting her down, right? It, but, especially if she can't by control the, by what she's end. doing. But that's the thing is like you can say putting putting her down is one thing, but in reality, if you can, mm, if you can teach her how to control it, then that's that's the way out of it. But then that's again, the big, if somebody's see, if somebody's that powerful, can you really trust them? Because if they See, have, if they just have a really bad day, imagine if you had that power and you were just pissed at somebody, you know, and and, and you did something that you would regret, you know, that would that would really stink. <laughs> That's <laughs> to my, put it lightly. See, that you just touched on something, and we're going to get to it now. That was my big takeaway from this movie. So, and it's the right. reason why I put this slightly above what Phoenix was, but not by much. So, yeah. much like, and I'm probably going to lose you right now. Much like Far From Home was Spider-Man Far From Home, the mm-hmm. the underlining story to that was the mourning the loss of Tony Stark, right? 
Mm-hmm. I watch this movie and I look at these kids who are in the situation and I'm like, wow, this is what life is like for a mutant without Xavier or Magneto. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, Magneto okay. was absolutely right. They're going to be experimented on and held captive and they're going to be told, you know, nine ways a Sunday that this is for your own good when it's going to be an absolute lie. And that's what I took away from this movie. And that's all I thought about. Like, the next mm-hmm. scene, after the destruction to their town, she wakes up in a hospital, and if it was, <laughs> if you were supposed to keep, you know, some things in this movie a secret, that this is not what things seem to be, and there's going to be a twist mm. at the end, the score completely <laughs> right. gives it away. Completely oh, yeah, gives it course. away. Especially especially for me. I, I'm uh-huh. very audible things trigger with me because I love music so much. And when you have your classic like horror story esque score going on in a movie Mm -hmm. and there's a hospital, I'm thinking, yeah, something bad's going to happen pretty soon. Not big of a twist. So we get to that point and you see all of these characters and you see all of these kids and they're sitting around and there's this group therapy going on and this weird doctor who's kind of keeping them all there and you find out that they're, she's keeping them all there hostage. They're basically prisoners. That's immediately when my mind snapped into play and I was like, this is what happens to mutants without leaders, without Xavier mm-hmm. or Magneto. And right, it clicked with me a little bit. Not a lot. It was quickly, very quickly, I, I lost focus on that. But like from there until the end of the movie, that's kind of what I was thinking about and it made it very interesting. And that's right. kind of what I'm hoping. I hope that kind of theme continues in whatever Fox is going to do with the X-Men next going down the line. It's a very weird thing. It's a very weird yeah. thing to feel. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think... Um, one thing that I got from this, and I told you I was about maybe a third of the way through the movie when I first talked to you briefly about it, and I shared my very quick opinion. And by the end of the movie, I I still stuck to it. I still felt the same way. This is basically Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Very much. I mean, you've got Mm. these kids, you know, at this age that are being held in a hospital because they have these things. So in their in these kids' dreams, they had these powers. In in these kids in this movie, it's it was their reality that they had these powers. And they're fighting against, you know, this outside force one way or another. Now, ironically, mm-hmm. the one who's creating this other force, this this fear, I mean, that's what Freddy Krueger did in in the dreams, was he would take their fears and make them a reality. If you remember Dream Wars, I, I always go back to that that girl who used to be a junkie. And she has this dream where Freddy comes out with all these syringes on his fingers and he's just like, hey, how about a quick fix or something, you know? And it's just, it was a really disturbing scene, but everything like that, all of these people's fears, all the things that they were trying to get away from, he was using it against them. So again, like you got kids in a hospital all banding together to fight off something and it, they're fighting off things that are using their fear. I'm like, I'm sorry, but this is basically dream warriors, <laughs> you know? I, I don't see any other way to say it's, it didn't, de- you know, take things from it. It's like it's not derivative of that. It totally is. And Dream mm-hmm. Warriors was great. That movie was, I think it was directed by Frank Darabont. And oh, wow. that And it, it, yeah, which is awesome because, you know, obviously you got that. You got Shawshank. You got the first three seasons of Walking Dead. So, yeah, um, it's it's great that they took that idea. and I, But I like the way they took it. And this is me trying to, you know, really dig here to get some things I liked about it. I like that they took it and they made it, they made it very X-Men. 
You know, it's like, let's take this movie Dream Warriors and just say, if it was X-Men, okay, here's how it would go. So they did a good job there where you rec- you realize it's the same universe. You know, they even brought up the X-Men, like, oh, they're training us to be X-Men. Like, cool, I like that they're recognizing that it's in the same universe and not just trying to do their own thing and forget that it happened. You know, for, or just, you know, pretend it didn't happen. So having that connection there was like, okay, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take that. But I like that there are no X-Men in it. I like that they kept it separate, but yet kept it in the same universe, clearly. Mm. So that's that's what I kind of got from this whole thing as a as an entire like feeling about the movie. Um did I did I love it? Far from love it. No, I did not love this movie. <laughs> no, I did didn't I tolerate it, it? Like will will I watch it again? Maybe in 10, 15 years, I might pick it up if I just want to go through the series. Um but in reality, it's it's. I think you you referred to it as a one and done, and I agree. Like I don't need to see it again. I I did I not enjoy it, en- it that much. I think it entirely depends on whatever comes next, like the sequel to yeah. whatever this is going to be. I think it depends on what that does. Yeah, because you can say you can say uh, it, a lot of things sense. are a one and done. You can True. say a lot of things are one and done until you get, you know, your your second or third installment and you go, oh, now certain things from this movie make a lot more sense and I want to go back and I want to revisit everything that I've seen so far. That way I can put everything into right. context. So I think right. the jury's out on whether or not this is going to be rewatchable. As it stands right now, I don't think it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I agree um, with you. I think when I think when the first Thor movie came out, I was kind of like, eh, that was interesting, but you know, whatever, I moved on. And then the second one came out, I'm just like, okay, whatever. And then you got <laughs> Ragnarok. And then everything else he was also in. I'm like, okay, this is great. And it and it gave me that like, you know what? I'll rewatch the other ones again. Like there were there were two great parts in, in the first Thor. One was when they 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 kept on like hitting him with the van. That was mm. pretty funny. <laughs> he's kept on getting hit. And again at that point he's mortal, so he's just getting like you know, his butt handed to him. That, and of course, the um, the scene that he improvised where he's just like smashing mugs on the floor saying, that was delicious, I'll have another, you know? Which, it's it's great, I don't know if you knew that, but he totally improvised that and none of the other actors expected it. So their <laughs> shock was actually completely genuine. <laughs> That's really cool. That's really It's cool. really great. No, uh-huh. he's, he's, actually, he's actually really, really good at improv. If you've seen um, a lot of the movies that he's been in, he does improvise a lot of things and he brings a lot to the table. Uh, for comedic stuff. Yeah, man. I'm I'm of the opposite opinion. I will rewatch Ragnarok over and over and over again. I don't think I no, will. No, Ragnarok is great. And, I don't think I'll go back and watch the first Thor or or or, or Dark World. I yeah. the the yeah. first Thor movie was good for what it was. It was good for what it was. It was a great introduction to, you know, Asgard and 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 that world. Dark World is a blemish on what the MCU is, and Ragnarok mm-hmm. is awesome. I'll go back and I'll re-watch that movie over and over and over again. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to move on a little bit, and I want to... <laughs> <laughs> this is something else that I liked about this movie. We're, we're getting that mm-hmm. out of the way. Maisie Williams. Yes. Maisie Williams, um, Rain. She mm-hmm. plays she plays somewhat of a shapeshifter. She can transform herself into other animals, right? Primarily a wolf. Is it? Yeah, it's, I didn't. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm getting there. Yeah. I know you haven't read A Song of Ice and Fire, and I know no. you haven't watched A Game of Thrones, but right. there was one big thing that that show dropped, and it was the children in the books, the Stark children, and her character name on the show is Arya Stark, Mm-hmm. In the books, they're known as wargs. 
so they can mm-hmm. put their consciousness into an animal that they bond with. In the Stark's right. case, they're dire wolves. They're these yeah. massive animals that they can put their consciousness into for whatever reason. I'm not going to get into the whole story. They did not right, do right. any of that on the show. So it was really yeah. cool to see that here, to see her actually <laughs> get to turn into a wolf of some sort and start some, doing Some fan really service cool. for the GOT fans. Ex- that's exactly what it was. That's exactly that's what cool. it was. It was fan service for not just G- not just Game of Thrones fans. It was a fan. It was fan service for the book fans because I'm right, not 100 percent right. convinced that the show audience knows about that at all. The general show audience, I don't think that they care one way or another what happens in the books. I I do because I've I've read all of them and I'm still waiting on the sixth installment. That it's been over mm-hmm. a decade since the last one was out. So. That was really cool. That was something else that I liked about this movie. After this, after that, you know, revelation of what Rain can do, I don't think I have any other kind words for what this movie becomes. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is your standard teenage high school drama movie, beat for beat, complete with suicide attempt. It gets right. ridiculous after this part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, okay. So we I, find I out- thought there were some, there were some really interesting lines. Um, wait a second. Okay. I just, I just saw something that I did not realize before. Marilyn Manson played this, did the voice of the smiling man. Did he? Yes. Was there, did the smiling man have much speaking lines? No, but I, I guess just the voice. But it, I mean, what's Marilyn Manson going to do before, besides go hi or something weird? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it, yeah, I just saw that here that he was actually credited as the Smiling Man, the voice. Um. Okay. All right. Yeah. I would have. But I would have completely skipped over that because it's. Yeah. Okay. So I, I just thought that was interesting, but yeah, I thought the that whole point of the smiling men, um, anything, anything that gets into, I mean, it, it's kind of an obvious thing. Anytime there's any type of of, you know, in, anything involved like that with like sexual sin and rape and stuff like that, it, it freaks me out and it just makes me feel super uncomfortable. Which, duh, I mean, if I if you don't feel uncomfortable when somebody talks about that, then something might be wrong. Um, but. It's just, it was definitely something brought back up, and I remember that that was a, a theme for Anya's character in, in Split as well, with the uncle. Um, mm-hmm. um, anyway, uh, sorry, got a work text. On a call, okay. Um, anyway, yeah, I thought it was, the way they did it was definitely... Um, they brought that in it, and it just—it just seems like a reoccurring type of character for for Anya. I haven't watched the other stuff that she's done. I know she's been, um, she just did what's that? The Queen's Gambit. She's in as well. Um, yeah. Which is that's a, that's like a Netflix show, right? And then there's like the I, witch. I didn't see it. Morgan. I didn't see any yeah, of the Queen's Gambit. I, I've heard really good things. Like people who don't even like chess say it's it's just a good a good show as it is. But um, I thought the character that she played was very, very interesting here. And like you said, there's that whole like back and forth where it seems like she's like an enemy um, at this point. But yet there's a problem. Okay, whatever. And then suddenly it's she's like, okay, why? I don't know. But again, something must have been cut out to explain how they kind of flipped back. Um, I think there was a lot cut out. 
I think there was a lot cut out of this movie. Maybe maybe they cut a lot of it for time. Maybe they didn't want to overcomplicate, you know, this story that they were trying to tell in this movie. Maybe they're saving some things for further down the line. I, I, we don't know right... Well, we don't yeah. know right now. Maybe it's out there. I'm not aware of it. And it's really funny that um, Anya's character, whatever, Rasputin, <laughs> she... um, it, It's funny that you took the scene where she's with the smiling men as like a rapey thing. Well, yeah. They well, didn't. She even had, she, they didn't, but there was that line. Um, they made her cry, but she made them smile. I mean, that's, they that's what they were look, getting at there. Okay. But they didn't, anytime I see figures like that, I'm not, I'm not the person that's going to immediately go to any kind of sexual assault we don't know mm. what was we don't know what was going on there and seeing as though that this is a supernatural universe it could have been anything mm-hmm. it could have been it, it some kind it, of it, it, it could have been some for all we know it could have been some kind of mental thing it could have been something that involves the play world that she created for herself and whatever yeah, it, her it power is be, whatever her ability I, is like like you look mm. at you look at a character you look at a character like rogue who can borrow you know powers from other mutants it could be something along those lines we we don't yeah, i didn't i i know but it was really it, that was the whole point it was supposed to be symbolic and with them having those big toothy like you know sharp teeth grins that was just her fear you know manifesting obviously um from what's going on with moonstar there um, making that like they were just ev- evil demons when in reality they were just creepy dudes. That's, uh, I, yeah, maybe I am looking too much into it. But they were demons. But... They were, they were, they were, they were demons. I mean, mm. if the face doesn't, the face screams demon. If you think that that's just well, a creepy Well, no, dude. the face, I know, no, the face screamed demon because that's how she saw them. Therefore, her fear was taking her representation of what she saw them as to her as a child and turning them into those demon-looking things. And I think that was the whole point. Okay, well, we can go a little so, bit further so than this, that then. So this, we, mo- we so can... this movie is maybe deeper than you thought, I think. I think that's what they no, were getting at I here. Don't. And I it was don't. I don't think it's deeper than... I don't, I don't think so. Because if that's the case... The other characters. Let's just let's just say this. Daniel Moonstar, her ability is to bring the fear out of other people, and her fear is whatever happened to her when she was a child, surrounded by these Correct. demons. Correct. So how come, for example, Rain, she sees the Reverend. There, there, there's there's a, a sequence where. There's a sequence mm-hmm. where Rain is telling the story about when she changed into a roof, uh, wolf in front of the Reverend. Mm-hmm. He thought she was a witch and he wanted to he wanted to kill it. When mm-hmm. she sees the Reverend, she sees the Reverend as is. It's not a right. demon. It's not her fear manifesting. And oh, the same thing with the other characters. All the mm. all the other characters see exactly what happened. So my thing for no, you no, 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 is- no, no. That's not true. That's not true. Because if you saw what happened in the the mine scene, for example, is all of a sudden all these guys started attacking him. No, that's not what really happened. He's not just having a flashback. It's his fear Ooh. manifesting into um, Sam there. Okay, okay, Sam. Char- Charlie Heaton's character. But my point is, my point is, this is all about it. It's a dream. It's it's all a dream. It's not just having flashbacks of what really happened, seeing things for what they were, but seeing things for how their fear makes it look. So 
I'm I'm interested. I'm surprised we're getting we're getting so deep into this movie because it seems like a like we said one and done. Quick talk about this, and it's like this is how much we hated about it. But in reality, I see what they were trying to get at when and they were when, trying they were trying to go deep with this and make when this Sam, a thing. And, and we're we're gonna get when Sam was in the mine, and he's surrounded by the people that got buried when he blasted off. We'll just say that right. It's not it's not elevated. There's nothing really supernatural going on with this. That's what all I, that's he what, did was turn around and look before. at his dad, and then turn around and look at the other guys. Yeah, exactly. they all turned against him, and it was You're it was putting, a my whole thing. Nightmare. My whole thing right now. My whole thing right now is all of the other characters. They're they're seeing they're seeing their fear for what it is, but you're making an exception mm-hmm. for this Anna character. Well, because it was, it was, uh, repeated. So she's the only torture. one. So she's the only, she's the only character in this movie that's going to get any kind of symbolism behind her fear. And all the other mm-hmm. ones were just like, um, very cut and dry. I, I think because of the nature of it and how much it, it traumatized her for years. Yeah. It, that's a possibility. Okay. That's that's how I'm looking at it, you know, because this it's I mean, look how many years ago it was when she was that young where everybody else kind of had these situations that just recently happened. She was tortured with these memories for years, like 10 years at least. And that was the point they were getting at here. And that can manifest and grow and become something a lot darker than what the truth was. So, Hmm. I mean, you can you can disagree with me and think it's not going that deep, but I, I really I'm gonna stick with it and say, you know, I, I really think that that's what they were trying to get at here. And it was it was creative, very disturbing, but Yeah, creative. I'm not I, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not on board with what you're saying, simply because Fine. her her ability to create her own world and kind of escape into it and whatever mm. demons are surrounding that, it seems like it could be a very real thing. I don't yeah, think there's any I don't think there's any real symbolism behind that. Your 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 smiling your smiling men characters could very well be smiling men characters. But as we talked about in here, is these mutant genes don't really activate until they're at a certain age. So when she was a That's kid, another thing. I doubt that's, she's being attacked no, no, by no. Demons. We're getting we're we're <laughs> that's a big complaint that I have about this movie that we're we're not there yet. We got the, the Essex Corporation. We haven't really heard much about the Essex Corporation before, have we? I don't I don't recall that. The company um, that Dr. Reyes is working for? Yes. No. I think this is the first mention that we've gotten of the FX Corporation in the X-Men franchise. I'm not... Uh, I don't know if that's created from movie or if that's something from comic book lore because I'm not I'm not the biggest comic book yeah. reader. Right, so right. That, I'm, not, that, I'm not too much up with it, but... That was yeah, lost, I thought that was me. interesting. They brought up Essex Corporation, so I was kind of hoping that it would it would get a little bit more into who that is. And I thought it was really cool that they found like, or she had like the flash, um, the flashbacks nearby that she was picking up of um, of the other facility that we saw before mm-hmm. in Logan. Right. That was nice. Another tie in to the to the okay. X-Men universe that we knew before. All right, fine. I thought that was you want to call it you want to call it a tie in. I'm going to call this another notch in the long line of continuity errors that this franchise has. So, at the end of Logan or during Logan, we find out that mutants aren't really born anymore. They're created. They're created in a lab. Mm. In this yeah. movie, there's a couple of instances where characters are talking about puberty is what brings on your mutation. 
Mm-hmm. So were they born or were they created in a lab? Are, are we, I mean, is this, it, that's that's the only thing, it's the only statement well, these in this ones, movie that, I mean, it's the they, only they statement in this movie that makes me feel like this is going to be a complete reboot. No, I, I don't see that because the thing is mutants, uh, mutation is a mutation that just, that happens naturally or there were some that were created in lab, like the the horrible Wade Wilson situation at the end of the, the, the X Men Origins. The whole point of Logan was that their kind, the, the mutant race, was dying out. They weren't being mm. born anymore, but instead right. they were literally being created in a lab. That was a whole. Yeah, thing well, we don't know when you. this takes place, though. We don't know huh. when this takes place because Wolver. Oh, I mean, Logan was set far into the future. But then again, I don't, I don't really know. We don't really know where, when, and we how. We don't really know when place. this takes place. No, I uh. mean obviously, it, it could be. It could be before. It could be way after. Something could have changed. We don't know. We have no timeline here for us to really understand. Um, and that's that's the downside with it not being so tied in because you can't get that timeline. But I'm sure if they continue on with it, we'll have a lot more that will connect it. Just See, like they've done you, with the Mandalorian. That, now that you um, now that you mention that. That uh, that Roberto character, um, played mm-hmm. by uh, Henry Zaga, there's a scene yeah. with him in a wheelchair, and he kind of makes that motion toward his mind. He's 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 talking about Xavier. He doesn't come right out and say it, but I'm wondering, like, is he alive in this world, or is this after mm-hmm. Logan? I I watched right. this movie thinking that this was taking place after the events of Logan. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I wanted to as well, but we don't really know because we didn't see anything really outside of that safety dome. We don't know what the world no, looked we like don't. outside. We really so don't. So it's hard to say. I th- uh, While we're on the, on the force field there, I thought it was really cool when um, when they were outside and it started to rain. Mm. I, I looked at that and, and it was like, oh, that must be rain. the dome? And, well, yeah. Well, all you all you saw was just like little pings here and there over the force field. I'm like, oh, it must be raining. And then later on, you see like lightning bursts like outside of it. I'm like, oh, that's really cool how they did that. You know. So the entire time, this Doctor Reyes is just like putting this giant force field. Like she's just sitting there holding a force field over the entire property. I'm like, man, that's that's gonna be it's gonna be painful. <laughs> no wonder she was so tired and she was always just sitting there falling asleep at the computer. You know. <laughs> Because she was she was focused on keeping that force field up for the most part, um, right? But it's it's yeah. So we get into a really weird scene that feels completely out of place, where the uh, the kids decide that they're going to go play truth or dare with a lie detector mm. test. Well, truth. I don't understand. I don't understand why this was in the movie. Mm. Because we're having this. We're having this. This conflict between Rasputin and Moonstar and then this is the scene where it's just kind of dropped and they're hanging around right. and they're telling each other the truth about where they came from and everything else and then they're all you know having a good time and seemingly partying afterwards right this is this is the point where it's like what <laughs> what came before and after this event to tie everything together I know. I have no idea. <laughs> it feels so out of place. Yeah, I th- I thought I, I missed something. Like I thought I walked out of the room and and missed a very key part. And I'm like, no, I guess not. So it's did just, I. It's strange. Very so did strange. I. I mean, we. It's 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 also strange about what happens before that. How Rain is going into a confessional booth, and this is where her fear kind of starts to manifest. And 
that goes nowhere, and then we jump into lie detector scene. Let's play truth or dare. Mm-hmm. It's yep. it's very it's very odd. It's very out of place. I don't understand. Maybe I'm not supposed to understand because I'm not a teenager, and my attention span is greater than that of a teenager. So, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's just one of those things. Yeah, it could be. It's just, yeah. it just, it's, a, it's what added to me just being really confused about this movie and looking at from a, a, a filmmaking, you know, mindset, saying, ah, oh, somebody missed something here and thought it was okay to just like negate it. I'm like, no, it's not. You, you really need to, you need to fill in these gaps. There's a gap here and it's, it's kind of annoying, <laughs> but whatever. It's, it's what made me just not really care about it. You know, Hey, maybe this is a deleted scene. <laughs> Eventually. That's, that's my, that's my excuse for everything. If something is just ridiculous, I'll be like, well, maybe, maybe when we get the special edition DVD out <laughs> or Blu-ray or whatever you want to call it nowadays, video, it'll, it'll explain a little something that's missing. I don't know. I, I'll try to back up things as much as I can, but sometimes I just go, eh, you know, there's, there's a reason why we don't like it. <laughs> but you, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hats off to you, my friend, because you give a lot of movies a lot more credit than I do because you have mm-hmm. this thing where, oh, maybe there's a deleted scene. Well, this one little piece of dialogue could fix everything, and I, I don't do that at all. I'm I'm watching a movie, and what I get at face value is what I get, and that's, that's what I'm going to take away from it. And when it starts to jump around, when a movie like this starts to jump around, I don't understand. So... Did you for one second? So we're gonna we're gonna jump forward again to where mm-hmm. the fears of all, everybody really starts to ramp up, and right. we have Roberto, and he goes to the pool, and there is Rasputin, and she is swimming, and they're getting ready to have sexy time. Was there mm. any? Again, we're all over the place. Was there any point during this scene where you thought this wasn't real? Um. I don't know. Cause I mean, me, again, again, it really, it felt like, it felt like a Freddy Krueger movie, you know, where things are set up here and it's like, okay, this is interesting. And it's like, huh. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, all right. I assumed that she was there, played her games, and then she transported herself back to her room and just like, you know, that's what like I thought happened. Too. That's what I thought. But then, but after everything else went through, I was like, oh, maybe it was just, you know, the whole thing was just, it was in his head. Um, so I, th- I waited for a while for it to come out, you know, that something else happened and she transported back, but that never happened. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can just forgive that and get over it. But yeah, it, it definitely felt like that's what they were trying to say happened. Like she was just toying with him so, and then left. It still um, could have been the situation, but, uh, I don't know. It still doesn't, it's see, it still doesn't make, well, to me, it doesn't make any sense because mm. I'm wondering if this is. If this whole thing is Moonstar and she's doing this, this is happening in the pool while she is outside laying on the ground making out with Maisie Williams. How exactly does this power work? I I don't know. We've seen we've seen we've seen both. We've seen her afraid. We've seen her confused and then certain things happen. And now we see her where she's, you know, with somebody that she cares about and she's having a good time and still things are manifesting in front of other people. And I'm just, I'm really, I was really confused about how exactly, how exactly your mutation works. He, 
I, I feel like in that situation, we didn't actually see anything really happen except for him catch on fire. That could have been his own fear manifestation. That's kind of what she, I saw it as. It was, it was it was just his own flashback, and he you know flamed on at that point. Okay, fine. That's all we that really was, saw happen. That was his his flashback of being on fire, and we find out later that he pretty much did the same thing to somebody that he cared about in his past, and it's why mm-hmm. he's in this facility. Fine, right? That, that's his right. own that's his own thing, but it's being mm-hmm. brought on. It's being brought on by Moonstar. At least the movie tells yeah. us that all of these, right. You know visual events that are happening with these people are being brought on by Moonstar. Mm-hmm. What happens before that when they're in the pool where Rasputin kind of dives under and then she comes back up charred, that's Moonstar. Mm-hmm. Why is mm-hmm. that happening while Moonstar is outside having happy time with Maisie Williams? Well, like I said, I I just kind of tried to just think it was his own, <laughs> his own fantasy. It had nothing to do with Moonstar. That's my point. I was but thinking that was- it was just that. I, I'm just thinking it was just that. Like, he had a daydream because of what he did to somebody. It was so traumatic that he just had his own daydream that was not in, not pushed by Moonstar. That's the huh. only explanation I have. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I can't argue with you. My, my, my point, my job is to argue with you. That's what I'm doing right now. No, your I agree job with is, you. well, it's dumb. I guess. Okay, cool. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree with you. It's Thank to, you. It's Thank totally you very dumb. much. And it's, and it's a mistake. This movie has tons of mistakes that don't make sense to me. But so I was like, if we're going to sit we here and had, debate, then I'm going to try to make things up just so I can try to give you some type of, of excuse for what they were probably oh, well, trying no, to do. That's, and that's cool. I'm just <laughs> the whole reason. The whole reason why I'm bringing up this scene in particular is because and you, I think you and I have proven it up until this point. There was a lot for the two of us to chew on. We were, right. you know, talking about the characters. We were talking about where they came from. We were talking about mutation. We were talking about what it is to be afraid and and the individual fears of these characters and, and everything was good. And I think we both kind of came to the conclusion that this movie is trying to be a little bit more deep than it is. And then it just takes this nosedive. And I don't understand. And Usually, when you say something like "maybe there is a maybe there's a deleted scene," I disagree with you. This time, I'm fully on board, and I expect there to be something to come out to tie these events together. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. It's so weird. Anyways, now after he had his freak out and he's on fire, everybody's freaking out now, and Doctor Reyes puts the place. Somewhat on lockdown, which somewhat no, <laughs> no specifically on lockdown. It's lockdown. We're locked down now. <laughs> somewhat. Jeez, she she, she like lockdown. <laughs> okay, there we go. Lockdown. All right, <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. She puts the place on lockdown, and she is told by her higher ups that mm-hmm. Doctor Reyes is told by her higher ups that she has to eliminate eliminate terminate. Star. Yep. Terminate. Fine. I was trying to be a little bit nice about it. Eliminate. Nope, straight up terminate. terminate. Straight up. Fine. Fine. Um, okay. Again, this is, mm, this is me nitpicking a little bit, maybe where I shouldn't be. Don't you think maybe you'd want to understand everything that's going on before you just kill it? Yeah, but I, I don't. Think what they we realized don't. was the the potential was too dangerous. They were like, you know what, whatever, and and that's the whole thing about like these labs, these scientists that don't look at them as 
as people, but as just subjects, um, they say, nope, not worth the risk, kill it. And, mm. and obviously she had conflict there, but she's, but she's like, it's a valid point. She's, this, this would be a very dangerous thing to have. <laughs> yes. Know, as, very. as a power, if you can't control it. So very, yeah. very dangerous. Right. And again, so I, I, think I go that's back what to, it came down to, I go back to what I said earlier. I go back to what I said earlier. No matter how dangerous a mutant is, there's no way that Xavier or Magneto would be in favor of killing her. Oh no. That's not. it's 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 the only it's the only redeeming quality that I have about this movie from here on out. Was mm-hmm. that they at yeah. least the two of them would at the very least try, even if you disagree with what Magneto would do, kind of like a kind of like a Jean Grey situation. He would get in there and put up mental blocks and everything, you know, fine, right, but right. at least she would still be alive. Um right. and mm-hmm. this is Okay, and we're on another part. So we just got talking about how disjolted the Roberto situation was when he was in the pool. Here, I can mm. understand why Rain is seeing the priest because Moon Moonstar is, you know, being <laughs> exterminated in, in the next room. She's she's scared. She's frightened. She's afraid. She wants to get away. So this right. is where somebody else manifesting their own fear makes sense. Now I'm completely on board, but it's still what was with the whole, you know, middle part of, of, of what was going on just 10 minutes ago, I, I, I don't understand. And I, I, I don't think I, I, I ever will. As, I mean, they I, kept on talking about the psionic activity, um, psionic energy and all that stuff. What they were saying? Psionic. But basically with all of that stuff that they were, they were picking up, um, I just kind of saw it as the psionic energy is so high that she's admitting, like she's actually admitting in the whole area, the whole property, that... Um, it's sort of manifesting itself just because she is there putting out that energy. So Mm -hmm. maybe she wasn't actually the one, like she's not sitting there angry and saying, I want this person to, to see their fears and be attacked by them. I think it might've just been happening because she was there, like boosting that energy, you know, and, and that's when people's brains were just getting away with themselves, you know, or from themselves. That's that's the only explanation I can think of. Where it's not like she, she was, she was doing anything but just putting out that energy. I don't know, you know. And then there's the bear stuff and everything else. And you know, the more afraid she got, the more the energy came out and created that. I don't know. I don't know how this stuff works. It's not real. It's fantasy. <laughs> you know. And that's and I think again, that's what it comes down to. Is like most of the movies that we talk about or we have talked about and stuff. It's all fantasy stuff. So there's okay. going to be flaws. There's going to be things that we sit there and say, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. But we don't really know, um, like, the basis behind all of this stuff. We don't know why the fears were, were being brought up. We don't know if it was because of just energy there that she was creating or because she was somehow getting into people's heads without realizing it. But I, I don't know. I have no idea. See, this is where you confuse me. Right now, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, right now, you and I, our current thing right now is The Mandalorian, and we're talking about that. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are fully on board with almost everything that you're seeing. And mm. the fact that it's high fantasy doesn't seem to bother you at all. Here, well, it being high fantasy, you have problems. And Well, because, because there's more of a backstory with everything we're seeing in Mandalorian. Here, we're getting little tidbits of things we know nothing about because there's not enough... 
uh, th- this specific mutation, for example, we don't know much about it. We know, we know nothing about it. There's not no, enough of a right background. Whereas, whereas the Force and Jedi and stuff like that, we've got tons of movies, shows, and books, and all this stuff that has a back background for it. So I, I think that's where I'm stuck with it. Where it's like I can believe I can understand some things and then start picking some stuff apart. I mean, it's strange to me in Star Wars that we finally saw Force healing for the first time ever. You know. Uh, when she she heals that big snake thing in Rise of Skywalker, it's like we never saw that before ever. Video games, yes. I used to force heal in Star Wars: Apprentice of the Force on Game Boy. You know, you'd you'd have enough force power built up, you could sit there and heal yourself. Cool, but you didn't see that in any movie until the last movie that came out, the ninth movie. They're finally showing that. Okay, all right. Interesting, but that's the thing: is they're going to keep on adding things, changing things, and we either have to accept it or or reject it. Okay. So in this case, we don't know enough about this type of power, the psionic energy stuff, um, for us to really rip it apart and say this is stupid, this is dumb, this doesn't make any sense. But I mean, without there being enough of a background, it's like no, uh, I'm, I'm 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 completely on board with you again. Like you were, you know, trying to you know just generate some conversation earlier. I'm doing the same thing now by bringing up something else. Um, yeah, let's just, yeah. move forward. Let's move forward a little bit to something else that I have an issue with. <clears throat> so. Did you have an issue we, with the puppet? Finally, Did you not like the puppet coming to life? I had no problem with the puppet coming to life. I figured that something <laughs> like that was going to happen. This this almost grown adult is is talking to and carrying around a puppet, and she's a mutant. She's doing it for a reason. Something is going to happen with this puppet, and I was right. I was okay with it turning into like a full fledged dragon. No problems at all, especially <laughs> since in context, because it took place in a world that she created, and she's kind mm-hmm. of you know bringing that out a little bit. You know, fine, absolutely no problem. Now, Again, more Freddy Krueger bringing the dream on. reality into the now, real reality. Yeah. Now, if if this dragon just came off of her hand and like landed on the ground and then started moving, I probably would have had a problem with that. Right. <laughs> that right, would have been right. a little that would have been a little bit too much. Um mm-hmm. but where we're in the end. So it's official. Terminate. She's on the table. She's getting injected and getting gassed. Mm. But before that, before that, Rasputin decides that you're the cause of everything that's going on here. I'm going to kill you. That was a long time ago, but okay. (laughs) Well, no, it's right around the time. It's right around... I'm getting there. So Rasputin Mm -hmm. decides, I'm going to kill this person because she is the one who's causing all of these visions. She's the one... She's the source of our misery right now. She has to go. Mm -hmm. Dr. Reyes, later on, echoes this. Okay, I'm going Mm -hmm. to terminate her. She's on the table, everything is going down, and then out of nowhere, all of these characters decide we have to save Moonstar. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. I figure, I figured, (laughs) (laughs) let's stay true to the character within a singular movie. You know, I can understand character motivations changing from one movie to another, or even over the Mm. course of an entire movie, I can understand the motivations changing. Yeah. A character changing, completely changing their motivations and what they want to do and what's driving them within five minutes. Yeah. That's a new one. That's a new mm-hmm. one. That's moving a little bit fast. Yeah. My God. Wow. So, <clears throat> and then 
you know, we're outside and we're fighting a gigantic bear. Right. <laughs> yep. There we go. Gigantic bear. So, I mean, if you want to, if you want to talk a little bit about the dream world, <laughs> you're, you're, you, you know a little bit more about Krugalor than I do. And even when yeah. I saw this, I was like, this is straight out of something. For, for, I, like before, when you were talking about Freddy, I really didn't get that because I'm, I, I didn't see Dream Warrior. You didn't when see Dream Warriors? Part, no, I didn't. When it got to oh, this wow. part, when it got to this part, and there's literally Rasputin is literally within her own dream world, and she's pulling out a dragon, and then yeah. a bear comes out of nowhere. That's to the screen to me. <laughs> They're pulling some inspiration from some Freddy stuff going on. Okay. Oh, totally. And I figured, totally. I figured, I figured you would definitely be on board with that. I thought that you would be a little bit more high on this movie than you actually are. I'm quite surprised. Strictly yeah, well, based I mean, on strictly based on what they're doing here alone. Yeah, well, it was it was interesting, and that's why I said it was it was interesting to see them take a concept, you know, brought forth by Freddy Krueger, <laughs> by by Dream Warrior specifically, and and bring that into actually it wasn't just Dream Warriors, it was uh, Dream Warriors and the one after that, the Dream Master, yeah, Dream Master than Dream Child, yeah, like they took. After they did the first two Freddy movies, they kind of went off on this whole, like, you know, people could have powers in their dreams type thing, and it, it all kind of came from there. It was interesting. You know, it's all about your own strength that you bring into the dream, and you can use that to face this. And that's what they're doing here with her. Specifically, her character was very much um, inspired by those movies. Uh, so it was it was interesting. You know, I thought that was interesting about it. Do I like it? It's kind of old hat to me at this point because they did it okay. so much in those Freddy movies. Um, I'm not going to sit there and say, I loved it so much because it's like Freddy because I, I don't really watch those movies anymore. Cool concept, I guess, to a point, but I don't watch horror movies. It's, it's not my thing anymore. So, yeah, um, this movie overall, I mean, we get to it. We see this fight. It was cool. It was interesting. Um, and then she just like, in the end, after everybody fought and did this and this giant bear came and, and, you know, basically ate Dr. Reyes. Um, and then it was like attacking everybody else still. And I, I thought it was interesting to see all these people use their powers suddenly as if they can control them. Yeah. That you know, was really I, weird. I mean, when, when, when Birdo there, when he was like washing dishes and the smiley face guy came, he just totally just like, you know, he knew exactly and then like knocked do. him over. He knew exactly was like, what to do in that situation. And I thought that was, I'm like, that's pretty cool. But, and, and I looked at it as, you know, in the face of danger, in the face of just reacting, there was control, you know, in a sense where he's just like, I'm going to push this. But he was so afraid and had so much emotion at that point that when he did it, it was accurate. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. And same thing with, uh, with Blastoff boy over there. You know, he was, he, he actually was able to control it quite a bit. Um, much more than we saw before, where he was just strapping himself to, <laughs> to a big block and and yeah. spinning around a basketball court. Like that was, that was really interesting. Um, it's one of the reasons. It's one of the reasons why I think you know something like um, oh my god, something like first class. It effectively mm -hmm. used a montage to show everybody kind of training and honing their craft. Right. Didn't get that here. And you didn't get it here, but I I'm think not, I think I'm what it came down fan. to is in the face of coming together, like in the face of, of what they were fighting, it all just kind of fell into place for them. 
That's I'm the not a only fan. explanation I've got. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the montage at all. I think mm-hmm. it's played out, and it has been since right. the 80s. Yeah. Here is one of those situations where it actually could have done some good. <laughs> well, I think like, uh, my, my opinion like, is... See, like, let's see a scene where they all decide, okay, it's time that we need to get out of here. Let's start working together. Mm-hmm. Let's see them helping each other you know, learn about what it is that they can do and at least get good enough to a point where they'll be able to work together in this situation. And you get none of that. It's why I said, it's why I said at the beginning of this thing, it feels like the entire second act of this movie was cut out. I feel like some of that. And the reason being, I think the reason being is exactly what you said. It's been done since the 80s and they were trying not to be cliche in this sense. You know, they were trying to not do it and it's just... It does, and I think because it wasn't there, and there was no, not really any sense of it, it left it left something to be desired, which is the classic cliche, you know, uh, montage. So, because we're so used to it, because we're expecting it, it didn't happen. It's almost like, oh, th- th- there's no cheese on my pizza. I mean, <laughs> I expected this pizza to have cheese, but but there's no cheese. I mean, it's different. I I I've been saying I wanted pizza to to change it up a little bit, but. But I'm, I don't have cheese. <laughs> you know? We always ask for something to be different, and we get different, and we don't like it. Uh, I don't know. Mm. I, I, could be, I could be reaching. I'm just saying, like, they, they left it out maybe for a reason. Maybe because they were trying to do something different. I, I agree. I, something was missing. I and understand. It should have been there to explain more. But that's not what, they, were, that's not what they did. <laughs> I understand wanting to be different. I understand, you know changing your writing style so that you don't come off as cliche. I get that. But when, you know, fundamental aspects of storytelling are left in the wind, that's 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 the wrong kind of change in my opinion. That's the wrong that's the wrong kind of change. Especially right. when we get to the end of this thing. We get to the end of this thing and Moonstar has been unconscious for this entire fight. We didn't even cover the fight because it's 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 your standard superhero fight. Moonstar is unconscious, and suddenly she wakes up, and she, again, like Roberto, like Sam, she knows exactly what to do, and she just walks up to this giant bear that's been wreaking havoc and says, stop. And it Well, she talked to fades. her dad, it's right? In her... Mm, yeah, mm. yeah, you're right. You're right. There was a conversation there. Well, the, li- the was line there was, what he said to her, that bear's pretty big, huh? Well, you're bigger. That's basically the, the, the line there. You're bigger. And that's when she right, had to recognize, that. oh, that's that's the whole point they were getting at is she had to realize that she was the one in control. Again, Freddy mm. Krueger, you're nothing at all. You're nothing at all. Turn away from him. He loses power. You know, once you not, once you stop giving into the fear, it goes away. So, again, it's like, hmm, somebody sat there who loved Freddy Krueger and said, I want to make an X-Men movie. <laughs> And it's like, hmm, yeah. what can I pull from? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've written scripts for movies, and I've realized some some elements that were very similar to Back to the Future when I read them a few years later. I'm just like, oh, I totally ripped off Back to the Future here. I wonder Without... why. <laughs> but that's my point. You know, somebody clearly enjoyed a, a few Freddy movies that was involved in making this movie. Hmm. That's I, I don't see any other way around it unless it's to like – you know, uh, the bands who, who totally rip off other bands who had no idea. And it's just like, well, there's only so many notes you can play on, you know, on an instrument. 
uh, whatever. Uh, it, that's that's how I felt about this. I don't hate it that they took from Freddy, you know, specifically Demon either. Warriors. But I don't hate it either. I don't know. I just I felt so conflicted because what what are we watching here? What are they trying to get across? What are they trying to get out? Well, the main story here is okay. There's these mutants. They're dangerous, and somebody is trying to control them. And in the end, if you allow them to basically destroy a bunch of stuff and kill a few people, yeah, they'll eventually get it. Maybe. Let's just hope that they stay on the good side. That's the moral of the story here. Hmm. <laughs> that's that's the whole... That's this movie in a nutshell. You know, they wanted to kill her. They wanted to terminate her because she was dangerous. And then she goes over there, puts her hand on the bear's head, and says, you can go to sleep now. Um, I've got this. See you later. Yeah. And then you got, you got um, you know, Blastoff Boy there, Sam, who just, I thought it was cool that he, by the end, he just, he took his, um, his piece of coal and he tossed it, but he used his Blastoff to toss it, like his little blast to throw it far, like Superman toss. Yeah, I think he wanted, I think he wanted to see if the, um, the prison, the force field was still there. Oh, okay. That's a good point. I mean, I, I thought that, he was just. That's what he was trying to do at the end there. Oh, okay. I mean, it no, could I be. Just, it could. It could. It could also be symbolic of him throwing away his past. You know, fine. I'll give that to you. But it was, exactly it served it another purpose to to find out. You know, is the force field still here? Oh, I got this hunk of coal. Mm-hmm. Whoop whoop. Yeah. And you know, fine. And then they go off, and they're gonna go do whatever it is that they're gonna do. At mm-hmm. the end, I um, again, it's unfair. It's unfair for me to compare this to other movies because it right. is. So teenage Not. drama. If mm-hmm. I know you, um, you're you're picking up on a lot of um, you're picking up on a lot of Freddy Krueger, and that's that's cool. If you if you're pulling yeah. inspiration from somewhere else, that's perfectly fine. If you want to change the way you know movies are structured so that you don't feel so cliche, that's also fine. But I think storytelling, you have to go, you know, beat for beat. You can't leave certain part, parts out and then say, oh, I'm trying to be different. I think that's mm-hmm. cheap. Um, right. I think it's very obvious that the big chunk of this movie is missing. I don't know if eventually it's going to come out. I don't know what kind of information we're going to get in whatever sequel is going to be coming next. I'm not interested in whatever sequel comes next. I'm really mm-hmm. not. Unless it's X-Men specific. And they're going to tie it in, or if they're, and spoiler warning, but it's pretty known now that they're going to begin tying in X-Men into the MCU at some point. That's going to be happening. Unless those happens, I am going to look at this movie as a one-off. This was a one-time thing. This was a one-off, and we're not going anywhere else with the story. That's what this feels like. Mm -hmm. It also feels like, hey, we have things coming Here's a Band-Aid. Here's enough to get you by until we get to the next mark. You know what I mean? Right. This, th- yeah. There was not a lot of thought put into what this was going to be. On, on the surface, I don't even think the movie knows what it wants to be because of how much was left out. It's very mm-hmm. weird, and it's very confusing. Yeah, you have and, I, and again, I think that's po- what, what, what happens like that is you have so much... And, and then sometimes they, they cut stuff out. So, again, I'm going to go back to my, my classic, maybe something was cut out that really filled this gap in. And, and I say that, like I said about, about Batman Forever, something was missing 
from that movie, and it's because they cut it out. And I'm like, man, this this probably would have had a whole different feel and explained a lot more if they if they left it in. So when mm. you when you make a movie, when anybody makes a movie, unfortunately, things get left out, things get lost, and it can either help or hurt the movie. In this case, I, I'm going to take a guess that a lot of stuff was cut out and changed, and maybe even re-edited. And 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 in the end, I think it hurt the movie. Unless it was yeah, worse. So do I. <laughs> I. I can't imagine it, it, it the movie being um, worse, you know, before as far as continuity and just making it make some sense. Again, I'm not right. I'm not slamming this movie and saying this movie's horrible. I don't want to say that to, about anything. Uh, you know, we I always try to find, you know, the, the positives here. And I thought it was creative. I'll say that. This movie I thought was creative. Um, and it... It took from something that I used to enjoy. It took from a, an interesting story. And again, mixing that with X-Men was like, okay, that's an interesting take on it. And I can find some level of enjoyment from it. But as a movie itself, it left much to be desired. It, it was missing a lot of things. And I would have done it very differently if we were going to go in that direction. Um, the, the trailer made it seem like a horror film. And I was like, okay, let's see how it goes. And, and Again, well, that's because they drew from a horror film. So that's right. that's where we are. That's where I'm at it with it. Yeah. Yeah, there are certain parts of this movie that I did like, but overall, meh. It's, it's not something that I see myself revisiting anytime soon. Unless, of course, there's more information that comes out later. There's other movies that come out along these lines that tie a lot more things together. And who knows, maybe in five years we'll have a complete picture in this movie will mean a lot more in context. And maybe you will mm. be able to go back and watch this again. And and another maybe. thing, who knows that maybe in five, 10, 15 years, this will become a cult classic. You never know what's going to happen, but right now, mm. you know, um, having sat with this movie for about a week, it's a, uh, it's a from no for me. It's not, yeah. no, no, not at all. I agree. Um, right there with are we you. done? <laughs> oh, well, I'm done. <laughs> okay, I'm done too. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Again, if you're new to the podcast and you want to hear more from us, we are covering the current season of The Mandalorian right mm-hmm. now on this channel. Um, absolutely check it out. I think the two of us are doing a great job covering that. And uh, yeah, drop us a line. We're on Facebook. Are we on Facebook? Yeah, you can find us at uh, bla- uh, facebook.com slash blackandwhiteproductions2019. All right. Well, I guess that about wraps everything up. Have a good one, everybody out there. Take care of each other, and thanks for listening.